hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. The Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Well, it's called like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right right back. He's not that Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. He- this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Dexter. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. Bashir staggered by a big left hand. On a penalty shot. Score! Blue guard down the wing. Blue guard pulls away. Score! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 52 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today's guest, we have Mr. Jason Bowen on. We went live in the Enforcer Appreciation Group and had a lot of fun doing that interview. Unfortunately, had a little bit of audio issues, so I couldn't kind of break down some fights like I wanted to. Basically, um, if you've been listening for the past few episodes and kind of you're caught back up on the podcast, you know, I've been trying to go live when I do interviews in the Enforcer Appreciation Group so we can kind of get questions and people can tune in live while we do it and enjoy it. And, you know, players chime in, fans chime in. It's, it's actually a lot of fun. It's been a lot more fun. Um, the Jason Bone, it, it all depends on timing, right? Because uh, it's summertime. Well, summertime's wrapping up now, so I'm hoping that more people will be inside with the, the winter coming and um, the cold weather hitting everybody, so... Able to get more people involved in it, but it's been a whole lot of fun, and it, a lot of players were were watching and former um, uh, teammates of Jason's or even opponents at the same time. So like Curtis Swanson was on there, who's also a former guest of the podcast. Swanee, I know you're probably listening. You fucking beauty. Um, which, by the way, talking shit on my damn Bushlight Apple. All, all my Bushlight Apple is just getting shit on. Poor Bush. As if as if Bushlight doesn't get shit on enough, right? Um, but no, no, I kid. It's a good time, and it's a whole lot of fun. Seriously. Um, I have a, a lot of fun doing it, and I thoroughly enjoy getting to ask questions that come up. Because, you know, I've got my own standard questions I ask pretty much every interview. But if a player can bring up, oh, like, you know, you remember this time in the locker room, or if a fan can bring up, uh, you know, oh, well, I was, like, next to him in the penalty box after this fight or something. So it was a lot of fun. But there was some audio issues when I was trying to do the fight breakdowns with him because that's another thing I, I, I learned how to do thanks to uh, old Chris Vanity out there. Chris, I appreciate you helping me learn the in or excuse me the ins and outs of zoom this is all on zoom i never used zoom before um prior to this i only used uh skype so i never had to use zoom so this is all kind of new to me which is a lot of fun and basically my my laptop i don't run my podcast out of a computer i run it out of a laptop and my laptop only has so many ports on it for you know usbs the well, i think the other one USB C. I don't even know i had to i had to friggin go to office depot and find a damn cord for it because I had no clue what the hell I was doing. <laughs> but basically, there's all these adapters now, so I got... Because I didn't have an Ethernet port, so I run the Ethernet that's in the wall. Normally, I plug it into like my PlayStation or something, but I throw that over here to the 
USB adapter on the laptop so my internet's a lot faster instead of going off Wi-Fi so the interviews are a lot smoother. I got the webcam hooked up and I got the microphone hooked up. So I had to just get a couple adapters because I only had so many so much space for um, USBs and everything like that. So it's it's still a learning curve. And when, when I put all those adapters and everything in, it messed with the settings a little bit. And unfortunately, one of the settings was uh, the YouTube audio wasn't playing when I was trying to break down the fights with Jason, but either way, it was a lot of fun, and Jason was a great guest, and I think you you guys are in for a real treat. I'll try to keep this short. I feel bad I was supposed to get this out one on Tuesday, and I got really busy, and then I was supposed to get this out yesterday, or excuse me, today on Thursday, but um, I some, some stuff has come up with uh, you know, family issues, so um, basically what, it's not direct family, but my, my mother's best friend um, has very bad lupus, and has, uh, it's, it's gotten bad, so I started um, researching stuff and basically took a survey because she needs a kidney donation, so I uh, had to go go out there and, or not go out there, but <laughs> go on on the web and um, put in medical history and everything like that to see if I'm a, a candidate to be a donor, so I got a little hung up on that, so I apologize that this isn't out sooner, um, but going forward... Um, I don't know if there'll be an episode out Tuesday. I think if, if there's an episode next week, it'll come out on Thursday. Um, I got my folks coming in town. My grandparents are coming down from the Quad City, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So we're driving up to Tampa for the weekend, and we're going to hang out there, and we're going to do some uh, clay pigeon shooting and some other stuff. Um, we're not going to go out too, too much. They don't want to be around with uh, you know COVID and stuff still, still going around, especially down here in Florida with the numbers being so high. But um, I think it'll still be a good time. If we do any activities, it'll all be like outdoors. So... Um, I apologize. There probably won't be an, an episode out on Tuesday. It'll probably be Thursday or Friday. Um, I think I'm supposed to record with Darren and Jay um, next week, maybe, for the minor league mayhem tournament breakdown that Darren runs. Well, the excuse me, the bracket breakdown. It is a minor league mayhem tournament that's similar to the Bob Probert Invitational, but it's all minor pro guys. So you go, Segroy, Morasti, Yablonski, Anglestad, Bialois, McLaren, guys like that are all in it. So now the minor league gets a little bit of light shined on it. So it'll be a whole lot of fun doing that and breaking it down with Jay and Darren. And it's just going to be, I'm sure we'll talk brackets for 15 minutes and just go off the fucking rails. So um, fun for the whole family, right? Excuse me, but. I won't keep you guys here too, too long. I'm trying to make this short and get this out because I feel bad. This wasn't uh, wasn't out when I said it was going to be out, so that's on me, and I apologize. Like I said, some stuff came up, but making it happen here. So, um, you know, before you, you know, skip ahead or whatever, I encourage you to go check out Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice, the original Enforcer podcast. He was the one that really started, kickstarted the whole Enforcer interview and tough guy interviews. Um, he initially started out on YouTube, and then I remember listening to those on YouTube, and then his YouTube got shut down, and something happened with the audio files there. And I was like, what the hell, man? And then ends up coming back, and then off again, and then now he's back with the Hockey Podcast Network. He's been out here for quite a while now, but his back catalog is just tremendous. Uh, Ted Aranko, Morasti, McIntyre, uh, Josh Mazur, Mike McWilliam. The list goes on. He's got a great back catalog, um, so definitely go check that out, and he does a great job. He just had on, I think it was – I can't remember who it was I'm off the top of my head. I've been so I, I've been very slacking in the podcasting lately as far as listening to everything. Um, I know he just had on Tristan Grant doing his top five toughest opponent series, which was a lot of fun. Uh, that was a good episode. I encourage you to go check that out. Tristan Grant's an awesome dude, and, um, you know, he breaks it down. And Darren does that with a lot of guys he's had on before. He brings them back on. You know, he does the full interview, and then he's bringing them back on now, doing the top five toughest opponents. And it's like a little short 
short-ish, you know, interview. It's more so like, uh, you know, he does the intro and then he brings the guys on. And I think the episode typically, they'll last anywhere between 45 minutes to maybe an hour and a half. And an hour and a half is really pushing it, I think. That's, you know, being very generous. So it's a whole lot of fun and definitely go check those out. And it's very interesting. It's just a quick top five list. And it, um, it's just, it's fun to hear as a hockey podcast, or excuse me, as a hockey fight podcast fan, you know? So uh, definitely go check that out. You can follow him over at the fourth line voice. And I encourage you to check out his YouTube channel as well. And of course you got Joe Lazito up in long Island doing the Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box. You want sec? Hold on. All right. Much better. Sorry about that. I had to take a swig of water real quick. I had something bothered. I think I had one of my damn, uh, <laughs> my dog's hair was on, on the tip of my tongue and it was bothering the shit out of me. So I had to take a swig of water. <laughs> it's funny, man. He's, he's a, he's a shepherd pit mix. And so, I don't know how he has any hair left. We got all hardwood here in the apartment and all the time we're, we're sweeping every day. I don't know how this dog has any damn hair left. Um, <laughs> but no, anyways, back to Joe, uh, the other dog, right? Um, <laughs> Joe Lazito over the Coliseum Chronicles. He follows exclusively Islanders and Forcers and tough guys and any, any Islanders related fights and, uh, you know, tough guys and Forcers, agitators, whatever you want to call it. He's interviewing them. So he's got guys like Aaron Asham, Jason Strudwick, Eric Bolton, uh, Kerry Clark, uh, Dean Ewan. He has a great back catalog. It's, I always mess it up. I always want to say Todd Ewan there for some reason because it's just the first Ewan I think of, right? So, um, which of course, unfortunately, you know, Todd is no longer with us, but um, Dean Ewan is who he's had on. And that was an awesome, fantastic interview as well. That was in the earlier days of the podcast, if I recall. Um, I forget. I think you just had Barry Drager on. I think if I if I remember correctly. Um, again, I've been slacking on the. I'm I'm probably about a week and a half, two weeks behind on all podcasts on Darren's and um, Joe's. So that's my fault, boys. I apologize if I'm giving out misinformation here, but um, I definitely encourage you to go check it out. And Joe does a very great job. You know, A side, B side, the C side. I mean, Joe covers it all with these guys. Very in depth interviews from both Darren and Joe. Um, they might be assholes, but they're, they're good. They, they put on a good interview at least. So there's that, um, Darren's got another showing with his, uh, condo today out in Saskatoon. So hopefully he gets that sold. Although, um, you know, you might be scaring away the neighbors and stuff. I hear he's out there. He's always, always raking leaves or mowing the lawn or something, but he's wearing fucking Joe's face on the damn leggings. And so, uh, you know, what better way to decrease the property value than sit there. And yeah, I'm talking about Coliseum Chronicle leggings. You can go buy them. You can go sit on Joe's face. That's the running joke we have. Um, cause of course Joe's logo is, um, a caric caricature of him, but yeah, Darren, Darren likes to wear them while he's out there mowing the lawn and shit. And I mean, just look at this guy. He's out there, probably the ride mower, got the cousin Eddie hat on, and then he's sitting there drinking a fucking rolling rock or something. So you can imagine uh, he's wondering why he's having trouble selling the fucking condo. I wonder, um, <laughs> but no, all joking aside, those are, uh, two awesome dudes. So please go check out their shows. They do a fantastic job. Um, and they have a tremendous back catalog, both of them. So please go check both of them out. And, uh, if you want to follow the podcast here on any social media, I'm on all of it. Um, Facebook's, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. So if you want to search for the podcast and follow it on Twitter, it is at the number five and then four fighting pod. Uh, Instagram is five for fighting pod spelled out, you know, normal. And then Facebook, of course, is Five for Fighting Podcast. You just look it up, give it a like, and you can give it a, a follow if you'd like, and you'd be up to date on everything when everything's coming out and new episode drops. So it's um, 
pretty easy to uh, you know know when episodes come out. And of course, you can subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure about. Uh, sorry, I apologize for any Google listeners out there. I am not familiar with Android and how that works. I have Spotify and I have an iPhone, so I apologize. I should probably look at that and help my numbers get bigger. But I have no clue what the fuck I'm talking about here, so that's on me. But um, please rate and review the show. Uh, give it X amount of stars. Uh, leave a review if you like it. You know. Hey, say you like it. If you don't like it, motherfuck me and tell me to fuck off in the comments or the uh, the review section. I've gotten both of them before, so um, please, I, I encourage you to go rate the podcast and give it a review. It really helps the podcast grow, and when people search hockey fights or hockey podcasts, it'll help it come up in the search, and uh, I guess that's the algorithm with it is the more reviews you have, the more likely you are to be um, seen when searching hockey podcasts and such, so... Um, anyways, guys, I've kept you long enough. Almost, almost uh, running on 15 minutes here. I've gone just over 10 minutes. I like to keep this at 10 minutes, so we'll, we'll go ahead and end it here. we got about an hour to go with Jason Bone. So uh, I thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, I hope you enjoyed, and I encourage you to check out the back catalog. If you're a longtime listener, of course, I always appreciate the support. It means a lot. It really does, and I was talking about that with somebody the other day. Um, I know it's a very niche group, both me, or excuse me, all three of us, Joe, Darren and myself. It's a very niche group. Not everybody is all thrilled about hockey fights. And of course, we interview minor pro guys that my, people and the masses might not know because they don't, they're not, you know, the deep hockey fight fans. So I know it's a very niche group, but all the support is very much appreciated. So thank you guys for tuning in. And I encourage you to go rate and review Joe and Darren's show as well. So, anyways, without further ado, we'll pass it over to Jason Bone. I've kept you long enough. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoy. Here is Jason Bone. Bye, guys. This should be good. This should be very good. All right, and here today on the Five for Fighting podcast, live from the Enforcer Appreciation Group for episode number 52, we have a dude who managed to play in the UHL, the SPHL, and most notably the infamous Quebec League, the LNAH, and he even competed in the Black and Blue Battle of the Hockey Enforcers competition, one Mr. Jason Bone. Jason, how you doing tonight, man? Good, and uh, it's Pro Hockey's double champ, by the way. There you go. Pro, uh, that's how, uh, when I tell the story about uh, that I fought in both hockey enforcers and, and ice warriors, uh, battle hockey gladiators, I think it was called first one, and the second one was ice warriors. I refer to myself as double champ in the stories, <laughs> but but I'm double B-side runner-up, so I lost to the... I actually lost to the guy who lost to the guy who won both times. <laughs> yeah, because it was it was Mc was it was it McMorrow that took the uh, took the Ice Warriors or was it Parker? Uh, Parker won. Oh, uh, right. Parker won that one. Yep, and then Mayrand won. Uh, I have I have yeah, one I, of Mayrand's jerseys from that competition. Mm, yeah, and I, and I oh you have who's whose jersey? Mayrand's. Oh, that's from the first one. Yep. The, uh, yeah. the black and blue. McMorrow wasn't in uh, the first one. No, no. He was in Ice Warriors. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> yeah, Mayrand. Uh, I was thinking about Mayrand <clears throat> um, uh, a few years back and, and from time to time because I'm actually linked to him through an injury. I uh, He um, dropped me in Sorrell one night. Um, he was out there looking for trouble and I said, oh, I'll jump in there and I was ice cold and I got caught with a shot and I, uh, I, I tore a labrum in my, my arm. And, uh, after that, it was the start of uh, an injury. I just sort of kept getting, getting worse and worse until I finally did get it fixed in uh, Florida. 
but by that time, and it was also, um, I had been in probably, a, I estimate about a good hundred and some uh, ice fights and uh, in the gym doing some boxing. Uh, so I, I was trying to um, gear up towards turning professional at one point. I had, I had some uh, friends in uh, upstate New York, Bob Miller, Sean Miller went pro. Um, he, he used to be a hardball player and his older brother, Sean, and I uh, was uh, losing me. He, he, he actually fought Joe uh, Mezzi in Buffalo one time. Oh, really? That is uh, Sean Miller. Yeah. He, he, uh, I'm just trying to think of his younger brother's name. It slipped out of my mind. But uh, I, 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 I like to uh, think about uh, I was coming up in uh, New York, the same place Tyson fought his uh, first 20, 20 fights, I believe. Oh really? Glens Falls. So yeah, it was, there you go. Uh, um, that was a nice, nice rink. Well, you know, how do you? So you were born in Manitoba, correct? Yes, Winnipeg. So how do you? Did you start playing hockey as soon as you could start walking? You know, like typical Canadian kid, or did you get into the game a little bit later? <clears throat> um, I, I got into organized hockey relatively young, eight, but uh, I, that that's um, starting. I didn't really start skating and uh, playing too much hockey till I saw my friend Roger playing it, and then then I took to it. And never, never, uh, never stopped. I, my, I actually used to be uh, a power dancer when I was younger. So uh, before before um, hockey, so we did that on the weekends. And... There you go. Well, you know, before we got, get into your career just a little bit more, you know, let let the people know what what is Jason Bone up to these days. What are you doing now? Right now, I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Manitoba. I'm, uh, I'm doing my, I'm researching what the Anishinaabe Ojibwe story is about. Sasquatch, tell us about human history. So, and that's uh, it's it's um, a bit of my thesis statement. And you know, you got to be fresh to it to talk to it. In case uh, you're in an elevator talk, they call it. And, but in a nutshell. Um, in a nutshell, I'm talking about Nishakmu, uh, Miss Sabe, the Giants, uh, and, and it's a stories about spirits. So right on, you know, yeah, spirits of the forest and whatnot. So that's that's where my research is at. So hoping well, to have a book, you know, and uh, I was thinking about how I could, um, when I do have a book out, I would like to uh, approach uh, the leagues that I played in and. Perhaps uh, the PR guy down there can have it, uh, <laughs> have it, uh, just in a few, in front of a few more people. Right. No, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So you ended up in the WHL, but did you start fighting early on in hockey before that? You know, um, when I was about 13, 14, my dad said he figured I was going to um, start uh, attracting that attention because I was, I was starting to uh, get the hang of hitting Right. hockey and i was running around hitting everybody so uh he put me in um put me in boxing and brandon actually i was just there today i was, I was talking to the guy and we're we we're talking about when the, yeah so i started uh in the boxing gym uh 13 14 and um took it was was again in the, the gym more seriously about 18 uh with boxing i was actually going to quit hockey at one point and work on boxing in university 
But uh, the the pull from hockey was just too strong, and it, it always got me off track, you know. Right. <laughs> but uh, hockey is an education of its own, and I often I often talk about uh, I would never I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't have that those experiences in hockey. Uh, uh, you need a certain amount amount of coachability to take some constructive criticism because I'm not the best not the best writer, you know I sort of came in the back door in uh, graduate studies and to the PhD department. But, but yeah, no, I, um, um, I did a lot of, um, not a lot, but a little boxing. I, I did a lot for being from the country because there was no boxing gym where I grew up. It was just, just right. uh, some. Well, so that first year in Kamloops, man, you actually had some pretty big name fights uh, going for you. One of them that sticks out to me is Mitch Fritz that you had. Um, and I was fortunate enough to, you know, you, you see a little bit of him, I think, in one preseason game one year down in Tampa. Um, but you fought, and Mitch Fritz, of course, didn't get a shot until later on in the uh, his career with the Islanders, and he ended up fighting LaRock and did pretty well. But what was that like fighting big Mitch Fritz? Man, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I walked into a tough draw there when I went to Kamloops, and I had. Uh, I believe he was the, he won the best in the West um, award, which was oh one of the the polls or whatever that they did back then. Yeah, the polls the players have for the toughest guy in the league. So I had to introduce myself to Fritz uh, first game and every game thereafter, and we fought seven times. And um, he, uh, I remember one time in Kelowna there, he laid it to me pretty good. And um, but other than that, you know, I, I it was. We were still fairly young and not really hitting the hurt, you know. Back right. then, uh, he, he he used his size well, like of course, you know, six seven, two fifty, and uh, you know, I I often thought, you know, as any fighter thinks, you know, I would love to have some of those back as I learned overhand rights and uppercuts more, and I I never really feel like I got into my groove of of fighting uh, on ice till. Uh, 21, 22, I had some good seasons. But, but yeah, in the WHL, fighting Mitch Fritz every other every, every weekend was was my reality. <laughs> no, no kidding. And another guy you fought, and he played in the NHL, and um, it was kind of like a very, I think, a, if you ask me, he's kind of underrated, but he was very sneaky. He'd take down some big heavyweights, but you fought Eric Goddard, the hand of God, as they call him. Yeah, Eric, he was, he's tough. Um, I remember our coaches actually said uh, in, one, in uh, the, one of the skates, if you, you don't have to fight him if you don't want to. The other guy was Stephen Pete. That was, yep. was but, but he got stabbed that year, so I didn't play against him. But I didn't even know who Goddard was uh, on the ice, but he come and found me anyway in the corner. And he just, I uh, just, held on and threw what I could. And I remember thinking he's got some heavy hands because he hit my helmet a few times pretty hard. 
Yeah, it's funny you bring up that Stephen Pete. I know uh, my buddy Darren over at Fourth Line Voice, and for those listening, you go check out his podcast, the original Enforcer podcast. But he he was telling a story one time. He was looking down. I think it was a uh, you know the score or excuse me the uh, the pregame like sheet for scratches, and you'd see guys like scratch, scratch for like you know oh hip injury. Uh, wrist injury. Then you go down to Stephen Pete, and you just see stab wound, and you're like, "What the hell, man?" <laughs> so, yeah. out of all things, fucking Stephen Pete with a stab wound—that's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the the, the things that uh, I um, I did. I didn't party. I didn't uh, drink. Um, very as as some of the the, the, the guys were, and but when I got to to uh, Quebec, I started to relax and have a bit more fun or in the states too so right yeah for, for but yeah you know my my dad was talking to me because uh, we were talking today he was we were, we were talking about how i probably should have hung it up two three years three three four years into pro knew i wasn't going anywhere but then i started thinking about uh all the yeah you know the fighting and whatnot i should have just walked away when i had that injury but you know uh, i don't have no no regrets about it at all no, for sure, and um, you know the the Quebec League was, of course, yeah. You're probably gonna relax a little bit once you get there because it's a whole new animal. But we'll get there. Um, yeah. Your first year pro, you end up with the Ice Hawks in the United League. How did you enjoy that first year? And what was that experience for you, especially going because the United League back then? <laughs> I was remember, tough. Yeah, I remember. That, I remember that year. Um, I wasn't gonna play. Uh, I wasn't gonna play hockey. I was gonna go to school back then. And, but uh, a, a friend of mine, the late Derek Fontaine, called and said, "Hey, uh, Ryan Pearson is going to go to Adirondack. I told him, told him about you. You want to go?" So I went down to uh, Adirondack, and I remember there was a, a French guy there that was that was there for the same uh, rookie fighter role I was. So we slugged her out, and uh, I had I, I didn't. Um, didn't, wasn't sent home packing, so I had the job back then. <laughs> there you go. Well, I remember it was fun there in Adirondack. We had uh, great owners, Art Shaver, and he had some heavyweights there. He had Trevor Sand, yeah. uh, Marty Melnichuk. We had a tough team, and um, <clears throat> yeah, so we had, we had some. Uh, Good uh, fighters there. Yeah, you're in, my, you're in my notes over here. So I had that down because I well, Frank Littlejohn was another what teammate of yours, and I, I had him on the show previously. Um, I got to get him back on. Actually, he was he was awesome. Um, and then he had me, the meat grinder Melnichuk. Then he had Trevor Sen. Um, this is all in the same season. The same season it was you Melnichuk, Littlejohn. Then the following year it was you Littlejohn, Sen, Johnstone, and Blue Benefield. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just it's, that's just insane, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, that was uh, you know, I guess even before uh, we got to the, the Goon League in Quebec, it, uh, your your shirt reminds me there was uh, we had a we had a tough team and um, but I remember you know uh, but thinking back to uh, thinking back to my Western Hockey League days, I remember one time I was getting some good ice time on a road trip, and those same coaches they told me like he, the morning skate coach uh, it was actually. Uh, Matt Grecky, Mark Grecky's younger brother, that was uh, our, our coach. But he, he gave me a heads up about who's out in the, the Central League and or Central Division. But um, Steve McIntyre was with Red Deer at the time. And I was getting some good ice time uh, at that time. And they told me, 
just tell him I'm getting some ice time. But he was calling me on, and uh, I wanted to fight him, but but I just we didn't uh, scrap that time. But later on in Adirondack, I remember again going back to those polls. <clears throat> I used to um, I used to promote myself as the toughest rookie in the league, and then uh, the second year I I was saying I was the toughest toughest guy in the league. But uh, we went to Muskegon, and that's where uh, uh, me and McIntyre slugged it out a couple couple times that night, and I finished uh, second in the polls. So. <laughs> but you know what? I laid I laid uh, some some my some some uh, some of my better overhand rights on him, and that, well, that's that's one thing about Big Mac. He can take a punch, and, but uh, yeah, I was. I, I thought I uh, I was in the, the mindset back then I was gonna gonna get him but his his weight you know like he didn't punch me down or nothing but he got me go off balance and whatnot where's where's the fight clip <laughs> me, I, I don't I see I, I'm saying I don't I, I try to find some of your UHL stuff but there's very limited I all, all, of course all of your like Quebec stuff is out here um, and there's one clip I got to go to eventually we'll get to it. Um, it's a great clip. <laughs> it you know, uh, when I think back to Adirondack, I got to think of Sean Legault and Brad, yeah. Brad Wingfield. They were, those are a couple, uh, Cowboys and the next team over, but, uh, you know, next to, um, Mitch Fritz, who I fought every weekend, I fought Sean Legault every weekend and he was tough. Uh, he was, but I also remember Sean Legault, Back from my Labrette days uh, in Saskatchewan, I went to high school there. And Sean Legault used to be the junior hockey uh, goon back then. So I'd see him back then. And so in my mind, you know, when I got to when I got to uh, <clears throat> pro and I, I'm, I'm, I'm there fighting Legault every weekend, it, it felt it felt good in my mind that we're that uh, that I made it. I guess you know, because there's a few of us back in. Uh, back in those schools that wanted to wanted to play and compete. And uh, so I did it for all my, my, my buddies back there. No, for sure. And Wingfield, there's a name that you, you'll, you have run into him a little bit later in a couple of years down the line in the, uh, the Quebec league. Um, and speaking of the Quebec league, the next year you end up in Verdun and that's your first taste of, well, it wasn't the LNH at the time. At the time it was still the, the QSPHL. Did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into going to that league, and how did you end up in that league? <clears throat> I didn't didn't know what I was getting myself into in that league back then because if I did, you know, I often like to think that that's where I would have um, liked to have slowed my, my my pace down and finish get some, get my undergrad done over there. I was I did eventually enroll into uh, Concordia University and. Pick up, my, pick up my BA, and uh, but that's where uh, um, Dean Mayrand overhand right and over, gave me an overhand right, and that was the first time I was knocked out in hockey in a hockey fight. And then later that summer, I fought uh, Dan Tice, and Oof. he knocked me out too. And uh, but you know what? Those are both of those fights were both rematches and. And in my mind, you know, I thought I was I was going to win them again, or not win them, but I, I didn't I didn't win the first fight against Mayram, but I stood there and threw them with him. Uh, and then the second fight was the one that I got uh, knocked out. But and then the same thing with with Dan Tice. The first time uh, I boxed him, 
I gave him a good boxing lesson even. Uh, I stopped him in the third round. And, uh, but, but he, we rematched there that summer and, and uh, he got me with, I still remember, you know, my hand was here and he's coming around with a left hook and that was it for me, man. I was doing the drunk man shuffle around the ring. <laughs> oh man, that was the hardest I ever uh, got hit with from Dan One Punch Tyson. It's funny because I, you know, I've had him on the show and fantastic guy. And Dan Tice is one of those dudes. He's not the biggest guy. He's not, you know, jacked to the gills or anything. But goddamn, he had thunder in that right hand. I swear. And you, yeah, and folks, uh, folks listening, you can I've never go seen on. Those. Oh yeah, and he's huh? doing, he's doing like the running man after he's knocking dudes out, walking away from him. Like Dan Tice was insane back in that league yeah. like he was i remember uh i remember i remember uh i didn't see it back then i i heard he knocked somebody out but i didn't see how bad it was until years later on youtube when i saw him fight um that he was mr quebec uh oh, i forgot loose slipping his name there uh he was uh, a bodybuilder valente or something like that oh, uh, uh, valente Starsham. yeah ronnie valente or yep yeah so but he, uh, man, uh, I got knocked out with that same punch. I mean, hey, well, you're not going to – nobody ever wins all their fights, so every every dog has their day. But Dan Tice, man, it was like – it was insane. that, Like I said, that right hand, he wasn't the biggest guy, but when he connected with it, it was – it was bad, like, dude, and it wasn't yeah, like it was, uh, it was like people were like TKO, and it was like they were face down on the ice, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, to the previous part of your question there. How did I get up to Quebec? <clears throat> that was um, we we were in uh, we were in um, Adirondack, which is the most uh, northern state in uh, USA, just over the border is Montreal. Yeah, uh, less than two hours even. I, not very far. So anyways, the, a bunch of the guys came down from the Quebec League and uh, were drinking there with us one night. One night, there was a whole bunch of us there, me, uh, Gary Co- Co- Copas. No, 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 that's the boxer. Uh, one of these guys from Saskatchewan, but... Um, Koopal? think Gary Koopal? Jesse, Jesse Rezanzov yep. was there. Uh, Trevor Sin. But there was a few guys that came down from Quebec and uh, told us about, uh, well, if you guys want to come up there, there's some money to be made up there, but you gotta be, you gotta be ready to ready to throw every game. It's a circus up there. And but um, so I was sitting down there thinking about pitching in my head, and then uh, I actually went up to a boxing match and fought Nakasasne, <clears throat> and then the next day I went to just over the border, less than an hour away, I went and played in uh, Quebec. Uh, in Montreal, we're done. We fought Josh Dobbin, and uh, I was fresh off of uh, three rounds. And uh, it was Kopech you were thinking of. Sorry, Curtis Swanson is watching, and uh, my buddy Ben is watching. They said it was Dan Kopech you're thinking of. Oh yeah, Dan Kopech. Yeah, yeah. I was sorry, I was, I was, I was trying to think of it too. I was like, I know who it is. It was on the tip of my tongue. I don't know why I said Koopal, but yeah, Dan Kopech is who you're thinking of. Yeah. Hey, uh, how you doing there, Swanson? Good to see you, my friend. I yeah, was, got the, uh, the Swanee jersey on too. It's it's great for Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was telling him. Uh, I remember. Um, I remember uh, when I when I fought. When I fought him. Uh, I was I was debating going to that game or not. I spent forty bucks of my own on a cab from Ganawagi and went over to Bridge to Laval and 
scrap Swanson there. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was out the night before and we, anyways, uh, we had a good, we had a good scrap that day and that was my introduction to Swanson back then. Yeah, old, cow old cowboy with the long hair going all the time. I, I'm a huge Swanee guy, and uh, fortunate enough to uh, have exchanged back and forth with Swanson a couple times. And um, you know, he was kind enough to uh, let me because I, I offered this jersey up to him. He said I think it's in a good home. So Swanee, I appreciate. It. Let me let me hold on to your sweater a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thinking about, uh, I was I was getting mad about some somebody else the other day, Derek Parker, because uh, Derek Parker one time. Punched me around a bit in the hockey fight, but spun me around. And I twisted my knee, sprained my uh, sprained my knee, and I had to get. That's the first time uh, I had to wear a, a brace. I had some clicking in my knee, but I was gonna wear a brace. I could skate, and so I, that was the last of that. But today, I feel that knee from that fight, and I'm. I always want to give him another shot because of that. <laughs> Oh yeah, old Derek Parker. He'd get the spin cycle going on guys all the time. Wasn't a big yeah. like knockout artist, but man, he would just get the spin cycle going, and it would. Oh yeah, no, I remember he I, he had me off balance, and he caught me in the back of the right behind the ear somewhere, and then wobbled me. But that's when I that's when I felt that click in there. And, yeah, well, a couple of teammates I got to ask you about from that Verdun <laughs> team. You had uh, you had Tardif, Terrio, Bossy, Clark, and Payne. And yourself. That's all on one team, and that's the first year you had in Verdun. You know, what was it I, like? Have was it almost like a little bit of a relief since you didn't have to? I, I mean, I'm sure you've still fought almost every night, but at least you can kind of, you know, if you had to take a night off, you could because you had six other guys to do it with you. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, speaking of cowboys, I, I sort of live by a code there. I never met a cowboy I didn't fight, and uh, and. Even when I was in uh, Quebec, there I, I was I was um, I was trying to climb the ladder and uh, have a boxing career uh, after that too, and use the hockey fighting as as some uh, leverage to to. And you know what? B Bossy did end up doing that. You know, he ended up pursuing. He did it for all of us. I remember back then, Bossy was a rookie, and we would be working on things in practice. I would tell him. I would tell him in my in my best French, shake him, shake him, <laughs> <laughs> throw a couple, shake him, <laughs> and uh, he he did that a few times. But Bossy always had the the, the heart to uh, want to. He'd be mad if he couldn't couldn't fight somebody sometimes, and uh, yeah. So, but uh, I remember Tardif, man, that guy was a uh, was a body checker. He'd be out there running around, throwing the best hits and. You know, uh, I often think like third lines win championships because of because of that that line that that memory comes to mind. So it was him and uh, Sean Maman was there too. So, <clears throat> so you know that first year that you're in there and you kind of see everything going on because uh, obviously it's not your it's not your typical hockey league where the fights happen a little bit more. I guess we'll say organically. Uh, which I'm a huge fan of the Quebec League because it's the only league to ever really like emphasize the fights. Um, was it different for you going in there as like a, a rookie to the league, seeing how much they'd fight and how it was like pretty much off the drop of the hat, every face off almost, uh, you know, and then once everybody fought, then, you know, then they play hockey a little bit. Was it different for you? And did you like that at all? 
Every once in a while, I think it was different or weird, or was I intimidated by it? Um, uh, did it, um, it? I didn't even think of it in any terms back then, but but to just not get beat up, and that was my only concern. And, uh, I loved the show. You know, I, I loved uh, the Quebec element to it. I often come back here in Manitoba and uh, tell people stories sometimes and say, you know, I used to... I used to box on some some uh, shows out there, biker shows. I'd be the the co-main event versus Dan Tice and, and the big heavyweights like Terrio and Mayran to slug it out in the in the in the end. And but um, and I I tell them I'll get some uh, money for for this. And of course that's uh, you can't you can't do that in amateur boxing. Right. So I used to I had some boxing buddies back home. I used to tease about that. And then I, I tell them I was on pay per view and stuff like that because we uh, we were on pay per view there in PG Prince yep. George. Yeah, and you know I was just talking about that today with my dad when we went for that that ride. That he uh, surprised me. He came out, come out to watch him and my mom. So, but he said, uh, um, some uh, one of his friends come by and give him some money. to go watch him. <laughs> so, yeah. They were there, you know, and I remember. Uh, I guess uh, some some things that I um, thought were funny. They're not funny, but it was. Was uh, when I started to get to know all the fighters, I lost some of that um, ability to, I guess, really uh, bring it some nights. You know, right? You you don't you don't want to be uh, too familiar with your opponents and. Because every time that happened with me, somebody was I was I was usually the one getting hurt. Like for example, uh, I fought John Hewitt in in uh, Prince George there at uh, Battle Hockey Enforcers. <clears throat> now I had the night I had Hewitt there was was a good night for me. I had him on pay per view, caught him with uh, my uppercut, bloody on pay per view there. All the boys in Portage, Portage and Sandy Bay love that fight. So that that cemented my uh, res hockey status here <laughs> in Manitoba with my uh, with my with my bros in Sandy Bay. That was their favorite fight. But later I fought. We, well, yeah, we partied after, and then, and then when I seen him again was in uh, Sorrel, and that that fight didn't go my way. I ended up they ended up catching me in uh, behind the ear there again. And uh, got to better me that night. So, yeah, I, I found that um, when you become familiar with, with people too much, it, you, you lose your you lose your mojo. Right. It's like you uh you almost get you you kind of like friends with them, so you're kind of skittish to maybe hurt them or uh you know kind of get in that tussle a bit there. Um, so it's definitely understandable. But my my buddy Ben asked, uh, you know, how did you like playing with the old, uh, legendary Quebec guy? Uh, Joel the Animal Terrio. What was it like playing with him? You know what? That was that that was one guy there. Like I always um when I was in uh, Adirondack, when we went when we went to Muskegon, I was I met I met McIntyre at the front door. I was there to slug it out with him. When I was in the Quebec League, Joel Terrio wouldn't let wouldn't let he was uh he was the he'd meet everybody at the door. And uh he was the heavyweight there, so uh, and he was a bit older than me, you know, and I really uh, learned a lot from Joel. And, you know, we won a championship that year. 
um, and, and Bosse, like those guys are, are bros for life after that, you know, like, uh, and I never fought them after we, we won championship together, you know, and uh, so um, Joel, I consider like a, a good bro, like a fight bro, and same with uh, Bosse. No, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I, I fought some friends, you know, like I fought Langdon, Ashley Langdon. We, yep. we would have some uh, some some hard fights. I, I remember I fought him with a sore right hand. I went all laps, but he cracked me quite a few, and I was basically out on my feet there almost. But but back then I didn't know nothing about you know the concussion problems and, and whatnot, and I was only starting to experience them. Toward uh, Battle of Ice Warriors, Battle or uh, Ice Ice Warriors in Quebec or uh, Finland. <clears throat> that was going to be my last hurrah. That was going to be where I went there and won it all. And, but I had a tough bracket. I had to fight. Uh, I had to fight uh, McMorrow first, and then Oof. and then the winner against Parker. I was. Yeah. I remember uh, they made a bracket one to four, uh, and Swanson was ahead of me, and I wanted to fight him because of that. <laughs> because uh he, he and then i went into the so then i had to fight number five fought number one you know what i mean right, that's how yeah. they did the bracket back then <clears throat> so yeah that, that old tournament back then man it's like uh i actually it's funny i had no clue that they actually did a second one of those until maybe two two or three years ago um and I looked it up. I was like, holy shit, I didn't know they did another one. But you, you look at all the names on there, and you knew it was going to be one of you Quebec League guys that, that took the uh, took the belt there because it was it was yeah. pretty much honestly between well, you, Swanson, Parker, and McMorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I went there, and I lost to McMorrow uh, right away. And on top of that, you know, he landed a good shot right off the, right off the hop, and I remember seeing a flash. And... Uh, Give me a few more, shook me up. Same way, like I, I used to tell Bossy, shake them and give him a few. McMorrow handled me there, gave me a few, and I went back to the dressing room, tried to regroup, went out, and he did more of the same, and and I, I, I then I was out. And you know what? I my regret is I shouldn't have started uh, drinking. Should have hung around and fought again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It happens. But you know, but you know what else was on my mind was um, concussions back then. That's that's why that right, wasn't in the right that was, spot. What know? year was it? Twenty eleven that when that that tournament happened. Yeah, because I was just in starting university and and uh, Red River College program at that time, and I left to go and uh, left to go slug it out over there. And I think that's when kind of the concussions started becoming more in the limelight a little bit. So it started yeah. getting a little bit of a better understanding about it around that time, as opposed to you know circa oh four oh five when you're fighting in Verdun. Yeah, you know, like I remember uh, um, that first fight after I I got knocked out from Mayram. Three weeks later, I was I was laying the mitts to Simon Robidas. I was I made me a better fighter immediately right after. You know, I but but you never lose your once you start. You started losing your ability to take a shot after you get knocked out, and I was really never the same after those. After that first year in Quebec League, right? I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was in a sharp decline after that, and that's. I ended up uh, having nothing but hand injuries the next year. But I broke this one four times, 
and once on, on uh, no, three and one. So that was uh, Quebec League days. Absolutely. Well, actually, one of these was in UHL. Yeah, for well, I mean, you got the toughest job in pro sports. You're going to injure it all the time, and you're hitting a helmet or hitting heads all the time. But uh, they they calcified, you know, and yeah, the, the little ligaments they they go to the side when you get some calcium in there. And then <laughs> I always wanted, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frank Shamrock had some some fights just over the border, bare knuckle boxing, you know. And uh, I'm do I do some jujitsu now. Actually, uh, like I was saying, uh, I'm coming up on ten years. Of, uh, of coaching jiu-jitsu and I've been doing it myself as a, I started about 13 years ago but 10 years uh, coaching uh, and uh, so we're going on 10 years at uh, Rosso River First Nation and uh, I got my black belt uh, Professor Jason Parento runs the program now but he um, he beat me to a black belt he started when I was a blue belt and he beat me to, to a black belt but um it took me a lot, a lot longer to uh, get my black belt. Well, Jason, though, uh, is just a natural teacher as well, and he, he picks it up very quickly. And he, and um, but uh, we got each other's, each other's, each other's back, and we're just starting again. Actually, we're just starting some jiu-jitsu again. Well, there you go. That's awesome, man. So, um, well, we'll give a we'll give the people a little taste of uh, the Quebec League here, and we'll we'll observe one of your fights as I can share the screen here. Um, we'll look at Hopefully a fight. Hopefully, it's uh, Frechette. Me and him had some good ones. Well, this one is with uh, it's it's with Grenier, and there was actually a post interview in the penalty box with Dave uh, the Moose Morissette. <laughs> so I don't even remember that, but I remember playing Grenier. I don't remember the 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 interview though. <laughs> Let me see here. It's it's it's, it's, pretty, it. it's fantastic. There we go. This should be it. All right. Let me go full screen here. Oh. Can you hear it at all? No, I can't hear it, but I see it. I remember this. Oh, you yeah. can't hear it. That's unfortunate. But basically, you know, I, I'm I'm still trying to adjust the audio. I but I got a new splitter for for my microphone. But basically, what he asked you is, what was the reason for the fight at the end here? And you say, oh, well, their line was out there. What was the reason for the fight? Ah, uh, hey, I didn't. And this is on, like, RDS at the time for the folks watching. Like, this is, like, this is pretty much, like, the, the you know, this is the Quebec League, or excuse me, the Quebec version of TSN. So this is, like, nationally yeah. broadcasted out in Quebec at the time. <laughs> yeah, my mom and dad got to watch these, these games, too, and... So yeah, I liked. Um, it was a good, good even match for me to go. And he was, uh, you know, I, I, I wish uh, I adapted more of his style. Actually, I, I respected how he, how he, uh, <clears throat> he would um, look after his defense. He would grab, get you here, here, and work from there. I remember trying to pummel underneath, and I don't know what I'm saying there, but that's what that's what <laughs> oh, he yeah, was yeah, like. He's yeah, he's me. like he's like yeah. What were you out there for? What was the fight you know, for? You're like yeah, his line, your line, or excuse me, their line was out there was the reasoning. <laughs> fuck, man, you know what? Now that I see the, this interview now, like, like I, I wish I had more charisma, more, more, uh, more, um, more trash talk. I guess I didn't um, start putting some thought into into the language of fighting and and, and doing it as a show until. It's too late and whatnot. So, 
but uh yeah no i did i did i, I was i remember i remember you know i i did try my my hand at fighting with the boxing uh and i did the jiu-jitsu to do the mma and i did one amateur mma fight um it was one of my uh one of my knockouts i was uh it was one of the um, dirtiest knockouts of my of my fighting experience you know i i I was worried for the guy there. I was actually went and helped him up right after. Uh, he was a local guy uh, um, that stepped in when my opponent didn't, didn't show up. I was supposed to fight a brown belt in the city. And I was representing, I guess, more or less boxing uh, clubs at the time. So it was supposed to be a big, big striker versus grappler cage match there. But he didn't come. And uh, I fought uh, a big local tough guy. And, and, uh, uh, that was, I remember that was the hardest kick I, I threw, but I remember my mindset in there was to use my boxing, not, not to rush forward, just go backwards, backwards and fight off the jab, you know, uh, that period there, it was my, my friend, uh, Wap Canoe's wife, Dr. Lisa Canoe, um, she wasn't, they weren't together at the time, but, um, uh, uh, Lisa was a, a family friend, and uh, she was the first one that brought it up to me. Like, I can't, I can't uh, get you a boxing license. Uh, you've been in too many hockey fights. You're not, you're not uh, living your your day to day lives very, very, very well. I stayed up all night. I was going out to uh, Edmonton on the weekends to River River Creek Casino, and uh, I was thinking about doing some security and staying out there and whatnot but i came back and luckily i had some my uh my my parents were were uh academics and they went to university they were among the first indians to go to university long ago and uh so i had i'm just more or less falling into what what uh my family family life has been about you know my mom was a teacher the whole time i got a i got a whole uh basement uh library that constantly in, in flux and moving it around shuffling it up in fact i'd like to open a bookstore coffee shop sort of um a place to watch the fights and whatnot on the weekends thought about that you know and uh, during the day you can have uh, a daycare there on the mats and jiu-jitsu class but, you know things are things are changing around winnipeg opening up so maybe that'll happen who knows no for sure and well, so the, the next year is actually 05, and that is, of course, the year that they had the Battle of the Hockey Enforcers, the black and blue competition. And how did you, you know, did a promoter approach you about that to get you into the contest there? And, you know, how did you actually like the contest? Because for those listening, they might not know what we're talking about. This was literally like UFC meets hockey fights. Um, it was a, I forget, how many men was it? Was it 12? 32 the first year. That's right. And so it was basically, you know, they'd meet at center ice and they would wear, you'd wear MMA gloves like they do in the UFC and you'd wear the, you'd have your hockey helmet on, you'd be in full gear and you'd duke it out for, I think it was a minute was what they had. Um, and basically there was three judges and whoever thought, they, whoever they thought won would, they'd pick the winner and X or, you know, that guy would move on. And the winner actually ended up being Dean Mayran, but there was a bunch of guys from the Quebec league that year. They had, you know, yourself, Rushton, Hewitt, Mayrand, 
Um, Mike Segroy was the runner-up, and you know Mike was not a Quebec League guy, but another tough, tough customer. But it was literally UFC meets hockey. So how did you like that experience, and how was it for you? Yeah, that year was uh, was a fun year. I was coming off of uh, fresh off of forty fights the year before in uh, the Quebec League, forty three fights and five in the five in the boxing ring. So I was doing a lot, a lot of fighting there, and uh, I rolled into their uh, let's see, um, Battle of Hawking Forces was in. Uh, I'm trying to think of the dates of it. Because I remember Hurricane Katrina happened at the same time as uh, Battle of Hawking Forces, like early September. But um, how I heard about it was I heard about it, I, I, I knew about it from the start uh, because I was from Brandon and Dara Wolski, who is also a Western boy. And, and, and uh, Jeff Gregoire, the referee, I, I played minor hockey with. So, uh, um, and I was in uh, the loop there in Quebec uh, with with all the goons. It, it, I just I was I was good to go for that. I was a supporter of them from uh, when they were trying to do it in Minneapolis first. Then they wanted to do it in Ganawagi. You know, my son played hockey with uh, the guy who did the documentary of it, and his son's a good little player. But we were talking about man, you're making me thirsty out. Yeah, uh, that's some beer here. Oh, I always, I always, I, I pack a little, a little cooler down here, and I always got my little, my, my bag of goodies down here for whenever we get yeah. going on the podcast. Ah, yeah. Well, I'm doing a podcast yeah, tomorrow shit. morning in this group at like 10 o'clock, so I don't think it's quite appropriate for me to start cracking open beers early, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, so they, they, uh, I, I knew the guys from back home more or less. That's how I got my foot in the door for uh, Battle of Hockey Forces, and I was always uh, down, down with. Uh, the the tournament fighting of it from from the the idea of it, I thought uh, I would win it actually, of course. But I mean, every fighter has that thought when they go into it. But um, yeah, I know Dean Dean Mayran right hand humbled me a, a, a year before that in the Quebec League, and you know, uh, yeah, I remember fighting Scroy Mike Scroy that first round. That was the guy I was worried about in my bracket. So I, I went in the back. Uh, my first fight was John Hewitt. And there was supposed to be a fight in between. That's where that guy had his skate fall apart on him. And I just got off the ice and I boned it up again. Because <laughs> they wanted to, to, to move it up. I didn't even get a chance to go to the uh, dressing room. To reset my gear, think about digest it. I was already back on the, I was back out there, and I remember, the, uh, I remember having a shot of, uh, somebody had some drink there. I, I had to have a shot, rinse my mouth out, clean my mouth guard, and go back out. Like I mean, I didn't have a, a break in between, and, but that's not a, an excuse. It should have been, should have been uh, recovered. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but but anyways, I did I did what I could and slugged it out with him. I remember he was a smart fighter. He brought me in, leaned on me, and and uh, got the decision on there. And but uh, I remember I had another fight with Jamie Linos. A good fight that, a good uh, good pay per view style fight. Uh, after that, so uh, the, everybody back home they they liked that fight too. But yeah, no the. the 
damn it, you know, what if I can go back in time sometimes, you know, and think about things. But yeah, that was another year. That was a 40 years uh, of another 40 plus fight year that year. And uh, shortly after that, I remember injuries started happening. And even, even to the point of uh, started to feel them in my head, uh, some right. head injuries. And, uh, but yeah, my, I remember my shoulder, my shoulder was just killing me, man, for the last four, uh, four years. Because I, I hurt it the, the third year and we're done. And I played four seasons before I got it fixed. In hindsight, I should have just waited the eight, nine months in Manitoba. And got got it done and fixed. Well, a, a guy I got to ask you about in the tournament, and again for folks listening, this there was a bunch of different dudes in this tournament, but he's an infamous not only in just the hockey world, but especially in the enforcer world. Uh, infamous name is Link Gates. Did you ever have any conversation with Link Gates at all? And I, I, I'm, I mean, I know he was in the QSPHL right before that. I think he was with Tetford at the time before he went to the tournament. <laughs> Um, but did you ever have any conversations or anything with Link? Oh, of course, man. You know, um, I, I actually uh, moved in, uh, moved into the the house that Link used to live in in Verdun. Um, uh, he was he lived there before I did. Um, I guess, yeah. He he had had a rough year before that, and uh, I think he was on the, he was hurt at the time. But he went he went to uh, went back home. They were homeless from there for a bit, but uh, yeah, no, I uh, he was he was the first person that lived there uh, where I was living, and there was a guy that used to live b- below below us that used to bang on the floor all the time, both walking late at night, and I guess Link was a night owl, and and uh, went downstairs and scared the shit out of that guy, and then uh, I moved in later, and uh, he he would do it once in a while, but not too often, but. But no, I would consider Link a, a buddy too. You know, Link was—I uh, had some good talk, talks with him, uh, and in fact, I have a, we have a mutual friend here in Winnipeg, a boxing friend that that uh, when Link was in town recently during COVID, he was at uh, my, my friend's house. I didn't I didn't get to connect with Link, but that was, I missed my chance. But in in uh, in Quebec, you know, I remember Link was pissed off. Uh, and uh, he's pissed off because he, he didn't like the draw. It's like, why the fuck do I got to get all these fucking big bastards? He was, and, he, <laughs> and he left mad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, but, late, but then uh, I remember talking to Link later. And uh, <clears throat> I, had my, I had my training gloves. And uh, I showed him the newspaper back home in Winnipeg. Uh, I was on the front page that time and I was training with him on and and Link actually uh, thought Link was uh, very supportive of me. He's like, "Fucking Bonner, you're gonna come out of your division. I know you're gonna." And then, um, but we actually went and skated, and I was helping Link out a bit. I was like, "How to work? How to work with the gloves a little bit?" And and uh, just just to help him get a feel for his skates because he said he wasn't on the ice. And he was, was, like, was like, but he had a my, myself. I prepared for that tournament. I was on the ice. I was I was skating. Link was trying to break in some new skates, I think, even for that fight. And so, so Link was, yeah, he, he, the, the name was fitting, Missing Link, <laughs> from my uh, encounters with him. But he was always a good, a good guy to me, and uh, nothing but love for old Missing Link. 
How was it with those MMA gloves? Because it's got to be a little bit different grabbing onto a guy because, of course, in a hockey fight compared to an MMA fight, it's a little bit different. you got to grab the collar and everything. But from what I've heard from most guys I've interviewed, it really wasn't that different. Nah, it wasn't, wasn't much different. In fact, it's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, um, no, I, um, no it, it, didn't, it didn't make uh, much of a difference. Uh, it was just what you brought to the table. You know, there were some, some real tough guys that didn't enter that tournament. They would have made it a different tournament. Thinking about uh, Brandon Sugden was a uh, tough mofo there. That uh, uh, he, he was doing good and at that time. I remember, uh, yeah, so he, he, didn't, he didn't go in there, but uh, uh, he was thinking about it. Yeah, I was really so surprised they didn't have Morasti in there, too. I think he was a little bit uh, the first time around, you know, he was, uh, I think he was just turning pro or did turn pro because he's a couple, two to three years younger than me, myself even. So, uh, yeah, but no, yeah, no, he was the same age as, as Parker. Third, uh, so, so yeah, no, Parker was, was fresh off his season too, there in uh, Wichita. Yeah, I was uh, surprised. Yeah, Morassi didn't, didn't go in there. But you know, I often I often speak very highly of uh, John Morassity because, man, that uh, um, he did what he put um, he put the tough and tough guys, man, uh, <laughs> out, out there. Like he like he was um, an entertainer, and uh, uh, so I, I'm I'm happy that he that during my period, the toughest guy around was and the most entertaining was uh, a native guy from back in Saskatchewan there. And, uh, and, and of course, his big rivalry with Bosse. Oh, yeah, those was, fights are infamous. Uh-huh, yeah, man. And we had a mutual friend there, Darcy Johnson. And, uh, you know, um, I have nothing but, uh, you know, uh, respect for the, 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 the history of, of uh, John Rassi's fight card. And uh, what he put put himself through to, because back then in those days too, you know, like I remember, like I rushed back from from injuries and fights and didn't play my cards right. Uh, could have had a longer career if I would have been much smarter. But yeah, Morassi's another guy that could he made certainly made a lot of money for for us goons. But you you think though, uh, like uh, he he had been a, a big, a big much bigger star, you know. If, uh, a few, a few more years, years later, you know, with uh, perhaps UFC or uh, if whatnot. But but I mean, Bossy, Bossy went. But those were some hard fights, you know. And Bossy was in a lot of hard, hard fights himself by the time he got to the UFC. And yeah, and he was still fighting even even because he he signed a contract with uh, Laval for the Predators. Um, even right, be- right before he went to the UFC, I think, um, it was like the precursor to that. And he just signed a contract with the Laval Predators. I think it was like 20 circa 2014, 2015. If I, if I'm trying to remember that off the top of my head, but yeah, boss, went in to go and fight in the UFC. And for those listening, if you haven't seen the boss, fights in the UFC, uh, go watch them. Well, if, I, I watched every one, one of them. Is it the one, <laughs> is it the one with John O'Donnell? I think it was this, or McConnell. O'Connell, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just, a, a it's, a, it's a, just a fucking slug fest. It's like a hockey oh, fight. Yeah. There's no defense in that <laughs> fight. It was fantastic. It was yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, 
I was in, uh, I, I was holding up my beer saying, I fought with that guy back then. <laughs> <laughs> or I fought alongside him. Won a, cha- won a championship with him. And I was cheers and whoever was in your shot. <laughs> no, for sure. And, you know, well, you actually ended up in, in the uh, the Radio X with Quebec there. How how'd you like your time there with uh, with the Quebec Radio X? Man, I, I you know in, I didn't get to go to the smaller towns and live in those smaller towns in Quebec, but I was glad that my time in Quebec. I was in Verdun, Montreal, and Quebec City. Uh, Quebec City was nice, you know, and uh, I. I um, it opened my eyes to see that community Wendaki and being the Huron territory uh, and to know a little bit of that history of, uh, I mean, like the, the 400, uh, the Plains of Abraham was right there, you know. I'd often, uh, um, uh, later on after hockey, hear about hear about the Plains of Abraham and, and backtrack history and just think, man, I'm glad I was at those places. Glad I slugged it out in Quebec, and there's so much history in that old town, uh, to, to Canada and whatnot. And so, another, yeah, another place, a history town, Richmond, Virginia, keeps coming yeah. up you know, when I'm when I'm teaching now, and I always think I sh- I fought there, but uh, but that's where Trevor Sand was at his best years. I didn't have my best years there. Uh, I, I, I think. Uh, I think I, um, yeah, I think I, I started bouncing around. I think that was the year I bounced around through Richmond as well, 2005. I was all over the place that, that year and still managed to get about uh, 40, 40-some fights that year, uh, 300, I believe, some minutes when you add them all up. No, absolutely. And well, that year you fought a guy, and I I get very mixed reviews on him every time I talk about him. I know I know Swanee, uh, well Curtis Swanson isn't the biggest fan of him, but you fought Brandon Christian that year in Quebec. Uh, what was it like fighting him? <clears throat> Brandon Christian, man, that's that's somebody I would suck a punch if I had a chance. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't like the guy, and. Uh... No, I would no, I would never sucker punch nobody. But he sucker punched me, man, and I, I was fucking hated him after that, and wanted to wanted to get him, and didn't didn't get to. He was supposed to actually come out to, uh, he was supposed to come out to uh, Enoch in in uh, Alberta when I was out there. Uh, I had knocked out a guy like with an uppercut, like legit knocked him out. They had to pick him up and carry him off the ice and. I heard that they were fishing around trying to get Christian to come there, and I, and I was, man, I was uh, worried about him coming there. But I mean, I was getting ready, and I thought I was going to get my another shot with him. But no, that Christian, he was uh, he. And then when I tried to uh, fight him another time, he just he was just too big and strong. He got me, got me in the in the back of the the head there, and uh, I was trying to move around. Yeah, no, he was um, he was um, <clears throat> a heavyweight, you know. He hit hard, and uh, even just his weight, you know. Like when uh, I fought him the first time, I thought I did a good job doing the Parker, spin him around, throw my overhands, and, uh, and then he fell down. But when he fell down, he pulled me, he pulled my jersey too to get me to fall with him too, and I banged my uh, head on the ice that time too. So I got him, 
got a, I got a scar here from from uh, Brandon Christian right there in the middle of my my forehead there, courtesy of uh, old Brandon Christian. Oh, there and you Sam go. Duplain yep. busted it open. I think two weeks later. <laughs> so <laughs> that was another guy. That guy was about. fucking tough too, man. Sam Duplain. Yeah, man, that guy was. He was uh, like for the the smaller heavyweights. That guy was uh, was pound for pound tough. He would have done good in that in those events too. I'm sure he could have even won them. Who knows? Right, and well, another guy you fought that year, and he, you know, huge minor league name, um, and he he played. I, th- I think he did his whole L and H time was Sherbrooke minus. I think the very last year was Sorrell, but uh, Roger Maxwell. What was it like fighting him, man? <clears throat> Maxwell, yeah, no, um, I remember, uh, um, uh, catching Maxwell with an uppercut, and almost getting him. And- but uh, no, but he was he was throwing them too, and uh, I almost fought Maxwell again uh, in, in a lacrosse fight. Really? Uh, I was yeah, I was gonna I was I was gonna back up these the guys in uh, in Ganawagi, and he was protected by some some team. So I went to practice, and I heard Maxwell's playing. So I was getting ready for uh, my first lacrosse fight, and. Uh, but uh, Matt, uh, now Maxwell had better things to do than than uh, come have lacrosse fights. <laughs> I was uh, I was in the groove of training that time too, man. And I think I would have got him that time. I was I was on a roll, uh, and uh, I'm not trying to say I scared him away. He he don't he doesn't back down from anybody, Maxwell. But uh, we were supposed to have a a, a match there in lacrosse. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, Roger was a cool guy too, man. Um, uh, as most of the guys that I fought are, minus Christian, who I didn't didn't like. <laughs> yeah, no. I get, but, like uh, I said, I get, much, a, I get much, a lot of mixed reviews on Brandon Christian for sure. <laughs> <laughs> man, you know, I was, I brought. You know, good thing he didn't come to Alberta, man. I don't trust what I would have done too, like to to keep myself safe from him. I crazy i knew he was you know and uh, i wouldn't trust him and in, in warm up i don't know i knew i'd have to fucking probably have to fight him at the rink when we got there even <laughs> that's what i was ready for right well yeah. you know another guy you fought another big quebec league name and i i don't think it's gonna happen i know he was trying to hit i think it, I, I can't remember the number it might have been 500 fights he was trying to hit or something like that. Uh, he's in the the documentary by Vice Sports where they covered the LNH back in uh, I think it was 2015. But Danik Lassard, you fought him a few times, I believe. You know, oh what, yeah, yeah. What was it like Lassard, fighting yeah, Danik? Had, yeah, no, he was. Uh, we had some intense fights because he was a lefty and I was a righty, and yep. those were just open, open shot for shot affairs, man. And and uh, there's we had uh, we had some shot for shot fights, me and that guy, and. Uh, I I actually broke my hand on his head. He's a solid guy, man. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And he, like I said, he busted he, my finger on his head. He sustained a couple like gunshot wounds and was trying to come back and, and fight for like <laughs> like the other. I think it was like he needed seven more fights or something like that to get five hundred fights total. I'm like, that's fucking insane. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of fighting, man. And I didn't. Uh, I believe uh, somebody told me a number one time. They said. Uh, I was about 236 uh, pro pro fights said, but when I think about things, 
I figure I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of 400, 450. That's a lot, uh, man. Hockey fights with all that, with all the, the junior and the training camp and. Well, I mean, you fought in the Quebec League, the SPHL, the UHL, man. I, did did you actually like enjoy the role as a whole? Because I, I know some guys don't don't necessarily like the fighting, or I, I've heard guys where they they don't mind the fighting, but it's more so the build up to the fights where you kind of like you fight a guy over in your head a bunch of different. Yeah, times. you know, I I I don't miss those those days, you right. know, like uh, the of the you know. I remember the first year I was done hockey. I, I it felt weird. Not having uh, a head full of lumps after <laughs> the first year in ten years, I'm like I remember sitting in school, uh, a real <laughs> mature student there, 20, 27, 28, yeah. and going back to school, and uh, but but yeah, I know I remember thinking that I was like, man, it, it just it just I remember the feeling of it feels like I should be I felt like I felt like I should be fighting. I had a, I had a, like everybody else, I'm sure, who left hockey, they had a, a rough experience uh, transitioning out of it. Um, I, yeah, man, um, I, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, <clears throat> made a bit of a fool of myself there for a bit, talking stupid on Facebook, uh, pumping my, I, I, I mean, I was getting in, mindset for uh for okay uh, drink John. I was getting in the mindset for for fighting and, and whatnot. But um but uh I was posting things like uh fight fight rhymes uh and whatnot but but it, it caused some concern and 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 uh that's around around the time where people said I was wasn't myself. I should probably get checked out and then you know i, I hit the, hit the brakes went to school full-time after that but uh luckily i had my parents support and then uh well you know i met my wife uh shortly after that and i've been married 10 years now actually thank you john so you around that that the end of uh my hockey year there that's when i i i uh met my wife and started my little family I have a little boy that's ten years old, almost ten now, and a little girl, five. There you go. That's awesome, man. Um, and a little and a, and a one year old dog. It's going to get spayed though soon. Oh, it's always important. <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep the doggos in check, man. I, me and my wife, we don't have any kids, but man, we love our dog like it's our own kid. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> my my dog is becoming a problem in the neighborhood, barking at uh, the neighbors. Barking, uh, banging on the fence, and uh, and, and everything, you know. So, causing some stress well, to uh, my neighbors, keeping them up at night. But I had a house sitter here for a few days. I was, I was out and about uh, doing some, doing some uh, traveling. We basically just had coming coming back from. Uh, Good week of uh, week week and a half of traveling around as a family with my dad. You know, <laughs> my dad is uh, getting up there in age. My my mom passed, uh, and my dad actually lives across the road from us. And uh, we're looking to get him into a house with us, and, and uh, so we're hoping to to get a new home next year and have him a 
have them like in the garage converted into a living quarter. So, or no, even sure. just an additional ready to move. Absolutely, man. Well, um, I mean, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and share some stories. You know, I think we got a, a lot of great Quebec League stories, some Battle of the Hockey Enforcer stories. Uh, I, I think people are going to like it a lot. Thanks for having me on, Alec. You know, uh, if you ever want to do a follow-up, by all means, I can, we can do a little more uh, structured stuff. With me. Absolutely. Well, well, if if I can figure out this damn audio shit, I, I got a splitter because my, my laptop at the time didn't have enough USB ports for it, so... I got to get a splitter for it again. I think um, I bought a couple to speed up the internet, but hopefully we can break down some more of your fights and uh, really get in depth with it. Thanks for listening there, uh, Swanson. You're my bro. Hey, love you. Take care out there. And, uh, and, you know, I got a lot of my old hockey friends there. I want to say hello to as well. And, 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 and friends I made, you know, those are the, the best years of my, of my life. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in, in, in life after hockey. And uh, I hope uh, all you guys listening are, are doing well and taking care out there. Awesome. Thanks man. for having me, man. Absolutely, man. You have your good luck in the one. show. Yeah, I want to. I hope to see it still climbing those. Oh yeah, those yeah. We're here. I'm, I'm gonna take gonna take down chicklets over here. Apparently, no, not not at all. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it though, man. You know what? Let me throw in a plug. Go ahead. Google. Uh, go, uh, read the one of my first books. It's, it hasn't been published yet. I'm finding it very hard to get published, but if you want to Google a treaty Two love story, uh, that's my, my first book. Uh, and hopefully within the next, uh, five years, I'll have some, some publications out. I'm not looking at you no know, hockey stories or whatnot yet. I'll save those for these, for, for your show. Yeah. But, uh, hopefully I got a little bit of books coming out. There you go. Everybody look for that in the future. So there you go. Be, be on the lookout for, for publications from Jason Bone. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. To you got to fight for your right to fight.